G'day and welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. We hope you find this encouraging. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like a weaned child. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forever. I think this is a really beautiful psalm, and um, you know, it's kind of unique in a way that in this psalm we're seeing God as He's represented as a mother, and the person in question who's yeah is seeing himself as a child, God's mother, and seeing himself as a, a weaned child with her mother and I don't know for other moms or other you know people if you've had a uh, a child if you've had a baby and you breastfed the baby um, you know I always think that's such a beautiful image uh, of a you know a breastfeeding child a child that's being nurtured and cared for in that intimate way um, with, with the mother, it's a beautiful picture. And I, I've read this song. Has not why is it a weaned child? Like why not a, a a nursing child, right? Like why why not that? Why the weaned child better for it rather than the like the child nursing at its mother's breast? Anyone else wondered that? <laughs> I have as a mother. Has. I'm like that's such a you know breastfeeding such a beautiful thing. It's such a but most recently, with uh, my youngest child, Eden, trying to wean her off of breastfeeding has been quite a challenge. We've done it now. But she's been the most enthusiastic of breastfeeding of all my children. And, you know, in, in a few months ago, we were, oh, gosh, you know, she's getting past that age. And so we were like, oh, this, this could start getting embarrassing. We need to, like, we need to, you know, get her, get her out of this now. But she's just so keen. And so whenever I hold her, particularly after she's got up from a nap, she's just like, you know, almost clawing at me, trying to get a drink and, you know, pulling on your shirt. And if you're a mom and you've been there, you know what that's like. It can be a bit awkward, a bit uncomfortable. And just that, that sense of neediness and desperation that can come. And so as that's happened and I've had that firsthand experience with Eden, I've, I've resonated like, aha, like a weaned child. <laughs> It's mother, not like a desperately trying to feed from you child, but a wean child, a child that no longer needs that, but still is close and intimate with the mother, still wants that comfort. But I, I read a commentary about this verse, and it was sort of yeah, the metaphor of for us of like you know, there's a there's a certain stage in our development where we are just really needy and really desperate with God and we kind of we want what we want when we want it we want it a certain way and we want to you know we kind of demand from him and we're kind of more interested in our relationship with him for what he can give to us and in a way you know obviously it's appropriate for a season that a child would be breastfeeding but you know there comes a time where the child has to accept the comfort and the care and the provision from the mother, but in a different way than what they're used to. And it's because they're maturing and they're growing up and there's now multiple ways for them to receive 
food and drinks and, and to, to discover more of what what's out there and not just be limited to and focused on this is the only way that I will receive my nourishment and, the, and that kind of desperation with it. And I think for us to recognize, you know, as we grow in God and our, our security and our maturity in him, we're not so desperate and needy. We know him, we can trust him, we can seek comfort from him, but we're also trusting him to provide what we need in whatever way he sees fit. And no longer in that immature, desperate need, it has to look like this, it has to be this. But we just trust ourselves to him. God, how do you want to feed me? How do you want to look after me? I trust you and I can just rest relaxed with you, not demanding from you, not having to be instantly satisfied with something else, but just comforted by the relationship. You know, like a baby that's desperate for it. It's like, it's not, it's not enough to be held by the mother. It's like, no, I want my meal. It's like, but to be able to just be held and enjoy the comfort from the relationship, knowing that this person's trustworthy to provide for my other needs. And I just think that's such a beautiful, beautiful picture and powerful. And, you know, for me as a mom, I love passages in scripture like that, that I can actually, you know, relate my personal experience to that. And obviously not everyone can relate that personal experience of being a mother from that passage. Um, if you're not a mother, if you're a man, then it's, it's different. But, you know, this is one of the cool things I think about God and the way he's created us and the way he's created the world. Like, he's made us male and female, and together, male and female, we represent God. Like, we're made in the image of God, male and female. So both male and female reflect parts of who God is, his character, um, and speaks yeah, to a bigger picture. And we know God himself is not male or female. He's not a human. But he, um, we, are, we do refer to him as he because that's throughout scripture. That's what they do in scripture. And he's represented as a father. But he embodies, you know, when he has a body, I guess, he embodies both the, the, what it means to be, what the femininity and masculinity, he has those traits. He, you know, in their pure form, that's who he is. And we have the privilege of reflecting different aspects of who God is, depending on whether we're male or whether we're female. And then together in relationship and community, we reflect it in another way again. And, you know, I love that God is about family. He's about relationships, connection, community, and it's not just the static, everyone's exactly the same, and um, it's all just an up-and-down relationship with God, but he's invited us into family with him, but that involves each other. And our relationship with God is spiritual, but it's also, we have a tangible, an opportunity to experience tangible, physical, earthly relationships that, that give us greater insight to who God is. And, yeah, it's, I love that in our faith journey, it's not just a mental journey, it's not just a ideas, concepts, this or that, like he invites us into experience him. And we do that through like creation, through, um, and through our relationships. It's like, because we, we can tend to, I think, especially in our Western culture, 
be very holistic in how we think about life. And it's like, there's the physical, the earthly realm, and then there's the heavenly spiritual realm, and they're two very separate things. And we think about our spiritual thoughts and ideas here, and then we live our physical, daily, you know, relational lives here. But really, throughout scripture, we see God made the world, he made creation, he made things, and it was good. And it's on this, in this reality, in this space, that he wants to speak to us and connect to us. It's not separate, it's not getting in the way of that spiritual truth. It's how we get to experience spiritual truth. It's how we learn and understand. Like, he's not just expecting us to understand all these big concepts and it's all conceptual. He's going, I invite you into know me as a father, but to help you understand that, you're going to be a father. You're going to have a father. You're going to, or you're going to act in a fatherly role to these, these people in your life. And you're, or you're going to be fathered by these people in your life. You're going to step into and experience it in your life. And, you know, we're, we're told that, you know, the church is the bride and, and Jesus is the bridegroom. But he doesn't just want that to be a concept that's just off and mystical. He's used that because, you know, he's invited us to experience that in this earthly realm. If, if you marry someone, you get to step into what I would say is call it a role play of the gospel. We get to tangibly step into this reality of um, loving another person, committing to another person, laying down our life, and, and, and having a union with a person that reflects the greater reality of Christ in his church. And it's, you know, how cool. Like, it's like he's the best teacher of all time because, you know, the teaching, you don't just want it to be mental concepts. You give people an opportunity to engage in something, to feel it, to, to have a go at it. And in all these ways, he's giving us opportunity to walk it out and to feel it, to experience it. And that helps us to feel and experience him. And, you know, we get to be um, mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers. And the beauty of it is in the kingdom, even if we don't get to experience, you know, all those um, pictures, because I've caught each of those different relational dynamics, they're like a picture of who God is. They, they speak about who he is, uh, when they're healthy, when they're good. And even if we don't get to experience it in this earthly physical realm as we hope to or would like to, or if we have a really dysfunctional version of that, we don't have a good parent, we don't have a good partner, we're hurt, we're wounded, we're let down, that even if that happens, or we just miss out altogether, we didn't get to get married, or we didn't get to have a parent, we're not excluded from participating in the real that though each of those relationships are just a reflection, just a shadow of something better. And we get it the wrong way around. We think the heavenly version of these things is the shadowy version. It's the like intangible one. So it feels less real to us. And we are more fixed and focused on this life and what we get to experience here and now. And we have to learn that no, this, these experiences, this is the picture, this is the shadow of something greater. And we are never excluded from participating in the greater. We get to all participate in the most amazing, greatest romance of all time that every other 
romance is just like a tiny hint of that. And though there can be grief or loss, and that's legitimate in not having some of those things in this earthly life, to be um, able to lean in and receive from God the reality and participate in the greater reality. And that's true of marriage, that's true of, um, of mothering and fathering, and obviously kind of thinking about motherhood today with Mother's Day. But, um, you know, even if we, our mothers passed away or we had a lot of good relationship with our mother, we are able to be loved by God, that he can mother us and he can fill the gaps um, of the hurts or the wounds that we might have or the present gaps that we have in our life. He can fill those because he is the ultimate parent. You know, every other parent is just a shadow. Even the best parent is just a shadow of who God is. And so you might be blessed with the best parent you could possibly imagine. But even then to know that's, that helps us when we have the parent. It helps us to, to maybe easier receive that love from God. Um, but none of us are excluded. And the biggest challenge for us lies in being able to receive that love, to draw close to God, to receive that comfort and that love that is available, that we wouldn't be like a little child that's like, no, I didn't, I want a mother, I want a father, I want this person in my life now to give me what I want, what I need, like give me my milk, I want it to look like this, I want someone to come and be that for me here and now, we need to be able to release that, God, I want to receive from you the love that you have for me. You are my true parent. No other person can give me what I need but you. And really just to position ourselves to receive it because he's able to do it. He is the ultimate parent. He knows how to care for children better than any other human that's ever lived, except Jesus. Um, <laughs> he knows how to, and it's really, it's really up to us whether we will draw in and receive that. And it is, sometimes we have that barrier because of the hurts and wounds to draw near to God. Have to make that choice to open our hearts to him and ask him to to give to us what we need and i think the, the cool and crazy thing in the mix of that is that you know he does use people and he will bring people into our life to to love us like he'll love us through other people but i think when we seek that love we're going straight to other people and we're trying to bypass god in that process process we never really find what we're looking for but if we can we can look to God first he will use other people but he wants to do the choosing of who and how what that looks like and we need to relinquish that to him um, you know how it says in Luke 14 26 like you know you need to like hate your father your mother your sister if you want to be my disciple and we all know that's such a harsh sounding thing, but we need to seek his kingdom first. As we seek him and his kingdom, he fills, you know, and all these things will be added to you. If we spend our lives trying to fill the needs and the voids we have, we will we will waste our lives. But if we seek first him and we run after him, he we will not only find him, but he will fill all those other things in the way that he wants to. Um, 
is the ultimate parent and he is able to love us well. And, and like I said before, he does need other people. And throughout the Old Testament, the, I'm sorry, the New Testament, there's so many beautiful, powerful pictures of what it means to be in a family of God. And, you know, we want to discover more of what that looks like as a community because we are called to love one another. And we are called to, to you know, we love because God first loved us. As we are filled with the love of God and receive it for ourselves, we are equipped and able to be that for each other to be sisters and brothers and mothers and fathers. And again, yeah, being a mother and father is not, you know, the physical is just a picture of the spiritual. And there's no barrier for you. If you have a heart and passion to be a father or mother and you may or may not have physical children or, you know, maybe they've grown up and gone and it's a different season. It's like, you can still be that. There's still people that need fathering and mothering. And, and God wants to work power, powerfully through us to love one another. Um, and to help bring that healing, but we need to receive that from God first um, so that we can give to others. I just want to finish with this um, verse from Thessalonians. It's one of my, another favorite, and again, it's I love that it's a man using a, a, a metaphor of a mother on himself. And I think that's such a beautiful and, and affirming um Thing when we, we see this in scripture for mothers, for women. But this is Paul talking about his relationship with the Thessalonian church. And he says, just as a nursing mother, here's the nursing mother, not the mother of any child, interesting. Just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we care for you. Uh, what a beautiful and intimate way. Like this man, this apostle, he didn't just like come in, preach the word, and leave. He cared for people like a mother, a nursing mother cared for his children. Like what a beautiful, tender picture. And that that's like a picture of what discipleship's meant to look like. It's meant to look like family, connection, like investment, sacrificial. And his heart is totally on his sleeve, you know? He's like, and listen to the rest of this. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted Sorry, this is 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 7. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. You know, so there's an idea, you may not be familiar with this, if you're not in ministry like we are, but this idea that, you know, you have to have a lot of barriers and boundaries when you're in a ministry role and you need to keep, and there's truth in that. It's obviously, you need to have boundaries in any relationship, but, and you know, not get, don't get too close and keep your distance. And, but I mean, I don't hear that with what Paul's saying here. It's like, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, like, I mean, there's no boundaries there. Um, but a, a willingness to pour out your heart, for some, pour out your life for someone, like a mother gives up so much to nurse and to care and to raise your children. This is the picture not only of God for us, but of us for one another as we are discipling one another in the faith. We're delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone when we preach the gospel of God to you. 
you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For we, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. So I'm switching to being father with this parental, tender, loving role. Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Later on in that, um, I just find this fascinating. I'll just point it out, but I won't say much about it. But then it says in verse 17, but brothers and sisters, and so now we're referring to brothers, like it's popped like I'm a parent. Now it's like brothers and sisters, when we were orphaned by being separated from you for a short time. And now it's like, they're the parent who's like, what? Um, anyway, it's like a lot, of men, a lot of family metaphors going on in this passage. But to me, what that brings out is the, the richness and the beauty of the family of God and how we actually all play various roles in that. We're children, we're parents, we're brothers and sisters. Um, but the source of all of that is our connection with God as our true father. And it's only from that position of, knowing we are his and we're loved by him, that we're able to function healthily with one another and to give and to receive uh, what is needed. Um, in Psalm 27, verse 10, and I just shared this on uh, Facebook as well. Uh, I think I know it by heart, but it says, you know, even if my father and mother abandon me, God will hold me close. And I just think that sums it up like, Whatever our situation is with our current parents, we are held by the ultimate parent, and we are loved by him, and in him, we find everything that we need for ourselves, but also we have more than enough to give to others. And I know a lot of people have felt inadequate or unsure of themselves in their own parenting because they didn't have a good example or they had no example of the say as a parent you didn't have what you think you needed from someone you don't know what it looks like I don't know what to do what, how do I do this but we aren't orphaned in Christ and we have everything we need for life and godliness and he can fill all those gaps he is the ultimate parent and we all have equal access to him and all that remains is for us will we draw close will we allow him to love us to comfort us and to hold us like a mother holds their wee child. That's all I want to share with you. I'll just pray and invite the worship team back up. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are such an amazing and wonderful parent and that you are able to fill us and to heal us. And Lord, I just want to Holy Spirit, invite you now for anyone here who's feeling grief or loss or an ache or a need. On our prayer that you soften each heart, allow each heart to be positioned to receive your love, to know that you are closer than breathing, that they have direct access to you, that they're not an orphan, they're not cut off from you, they don't have to eat the scraps from the table, but they can come in and they can feast on you, on your presence, on your love, and that there's more than enough. He doesn't just want to half fill our cup. He wants to overflow it. Lord, teach us to discern rightly what we truly need 
and what our true desires are, that you are the one that fills us, you are the one that has what we are searching for. Teach us to be good receivers of your love, that we might be filled to overflowing, that we might be equipped to love those around us. Because you loved us, we can love. Thank you, God, for being such a good father, a good mother, and able to do more than we could hope or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen.